0: And, growled, and whose teeth chattered in his head as he seized me by the chin. Oh, don't cut my throat, sir, I pleaded in terror. Pray don't do it, sir. Tell us your name, said the man, quick. Pip, sir. Once more, said the man, staring at me. Give it mouth. Pip, Pip, sir. Show us where you live, said the man. Point out the place. I pointed to where our village lay on the flat, inshore among the alder trees and pollards, a mile or more from the church. The man, after looking at me for a moment, turned me upside down and emptied my pockets. There was nothing in them but a piece of bread. When the church came to itself, for he was so sudden and strong that he made it go head over heels before me and I saw the steeple under my feet, when the church came to itself, I say, I was seated on a high tombstone, trembling while he ate the bread ravenously. You young dog, said the man, licking his lips. What fat cheeks you have got! I believe they were fat, though I was at the time undersized for my years and not strong. "Dumb me if I couldn't eat them, said the man with a threatening shake of his head, and if I ain't off a mind to it. I earnestly expressed my hope that he wouldn't, and held tighter to the tombstone on which he had put me, partly to keep myself upon it, partly to keep myself from crying. Now looky here, said the man, where's your mother? There, sir, said I. He started, made a short run, and stopped and looked over his shoulder. There, sir, I timidly explained. Also Georgiana, that's my mother. Oh said he, coming back. And is that your father, a longer your mother? Yes, sir, said I. Him too, late of this parish. Huh, he muttered, then, considering, who'd you live with? Supposing you're kindly let to live, which I ain't made up my mind about. My sister, sir, Mrs. Joe Gargery, wife of Joe Gargery the blacksmith, sir. Blacksmith, eh? said he, and looked down at his leg. After darkly looking at his leg and me several times, he came closer to my tombstone, took me by both arms, and tilted me back as far as he could hold me, so that his eyes looked most powerfully down into mine, and mine looked most helplessly up into his. Now looky here, he said, the question being whether you're to be let to live. You know what a file is? "'Yes, sir.' "'And you know what Whittles is?' "'Yes, sir.' "'After each question, he tilted me over a little more "'so as to give me a greater sense of helplessness and danger. "'You get me a file.' "'He tilted me again. "'And you get me Whittles.' "'He tilted me again. "'You bring em both to me.' "'He tilted me again. "'Or I'll have your heart and liver out.' "'He tilted me again.' I was dreadfully frightened and so giddy that I clung to him with both hands and said, If you would kindly please to let me keep upright, sir, perhaps I shouldn't be sick and perhaps I could attend more. He gave me a most tremendous dip and roll so that the church jumped over its own weathercock. Then he held me by the arms in an upright position on the top of the stone and went on in these fearful terms. You bring me tomorrow morning early that file, and them whittles. You bring the lot to me at that old battery over yonder. You do it, and you never dare to say a word or dare to make a sign concerning your having seen such a person as me, or any person some ever, and you shall be let to live. You fail, or you go from my words in any particular, no matter how small it is, and your heart and your liver shall be tore out, roasted and ate. Now I ain't alone, as you may think I am is a young man hid with me in comparison with which young man i am a angel that young man hears the words i speak that young man has a secret way peculiar to himself of getting at a boy and at his heart and at his liver It is in vain for a boy to attempt to hide himself from that young man. A boy may lock his door, may be warm in bed, may tuck himself up, may draw the clothes over his head, may think himself comfortable and safe, but that young man will softly creep and creep his way to him and tear him open.